With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back. And so is Ducks Hockey. We're happy to be here with you. We had a little bit of uh, crazy scheduling, so we're trying to do the shows uh, on Mondays, but we'll see how it works out this season, and we'll uh, you know get you caught up with all the games throughout the season. We're going to go back to our format that we had before. We're going to talk about uh, the games in the first segment of the show. Then we'll talk about the Ducks as far as injuries, trades, team news, and whatnot. Uh, then we'll have a section with a bunch of fan questions, and then of course our league news. So we're kind of gonna, you know, revert back to that format now that we're getting into the swing of things with uh, Ducks hockey being back. So we'll give you some of our first impressions. Uh, you know, the Ducks actually are in a uh, playoff spot right now. They're uh, tied with several teams at eight points. Uh, we're seven games in at the time of recording this show. Uh, it looked like the Ducks started out. Kind of, kind of awful, I guess, against Vegas the first two games, and then improved after that. What do you think, Eddie? Uh, you know, just your initial reaction uh, before we dive into the games. Wh- what do you think about the Ducks and, and how they've done in these first uh, opening weeks uh, of the NHL season? I'm glad they're back, and I'm glad uh, I'm one of the people that can watch the games. I know a lot of fans aren't able to watch the games right now. It's really sad and unfortunate for them. I'm still kind of on the fence about the Ducks right now. It seems to me, and I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but it seems that they're 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 playing some boring hockey right now, with the exception of John Gibson, who's just playing like God. Uh, the rest of the team is not doing that well. I mean, there's there's a few good positive things about the team, and and we'll get into that when we talk about these games, like the like the bottom six players. But it just seems kind of like a different Ducks team, and it seems like they don't even know what's going on within their organization or what they're doing or what their identity is. It just seems like they're just out there going through the motions or they have those extra cobwebs from a long, long off season. So I'm hopefully uh, when they get some more games under their feet and they start playing uh, better, getting some chemistry and improving on uh, much needed stats from last season. Yeah, absolutely right. I, I agree that the way this team's gone right now, it's, it's, it's very weird. And, and we'll have a segment a little bit later in the show too, called the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you checked out Eddie's uh, recap that he did for one of the games, he put that in there. That might be a regular segment that we do on this show because this team is, uh, it's just crazy. They're, they're very one, one like extreme good or one extreme bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the world we live in anyways right now with all these extremes. So that's where the ducks are at. What we'll do though is we'll talk about some of these games and we'll, we'll group them together. Obviously with the schedule being that the Ducks and, and all the teams, you know, are, are playing other teams in, in pretty much, you know, two game series. Uh, some are a little bit longer here and there, but that's how we'll do it. And, and, you know, when the Ducks started out, they played Vegas 
And <laughs> the first game, the first couple minutes, looked terrible, right? The Ducks gave up two goals in the first uh, three minutes. And we're like, oh my God, this is going to be a long season. We started joking around, posting the gifts, drinking, and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, what the hell? And then, of course, the guy that Eddie and I said would be an awesome player in the future came through. Uh, Max Comtois scored two goals to get the Ducks back in to game one. And then uh, eventually the Ducks uh, lost it in the third and blew that game. They then followed it up uh, with a, a better performance in game two against Vegas. Again, Comtois scoring. The only Duck to score in the first two games. Uh, you know, like you said, I mean, it was like the Gibson Comtois show in the first, you know, two battles here. And it looked like the Ducks were going to maybe win this game. And then, of course, late goal by Vegas by, you know, none other than William Carlson. And then, of course, overtime where we all know the Ducks do, uh, unfortunately, poorly. And, and they lost uh, right off the faceoff, which was kind of a, a backburner, you know, a backbreaker, excuse me, there in, in that game. So the Ducks did get a point, obviously, in overtime. But I really thought the first game uh, was frustrating. I thought they improved in the second game, Eddie. And I guess the theme in the opening series, if you will, against Vegas is just poor starts, poor finishes, I guess. It's the kind of the way to look at these games. And that, and that's what did this team, or the, did the Ducks in in these two uh, contests. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't want to hear anyone ever make fun of roller hockey because uh, Comtois was playing a lot of roller hockey in the summer. Or not the summer, but the off season, and it seems like it's paid off. Scoring him scoring the, the the all the goals he did in the early beginning, so that was kind of uh, fun to see. It's it's good to see him developing into that player that we both know he can be. Uh, he he's a physical player too, so he brings that element to his game. Uh, th- that first game was bad, and it kind of uh, went a lot worse if it wasn't for Comtois scoring those goals. They played a good second. They they shut Vegas down, and it was pretty much even at that point. But then, like like you said, they just broke down and just lost it in the third. That second game was was a heartbreaker because that was their their best game of the of the second game they played. They they really brought it to Vegas. They really skated with them, but just that overtime period was where they shot themselves in the foot. Uh, they have Raquel just I don't know what he was doing. Forgot that you know, there was a three on three. He had to come back and play defense. And then what really frustrated me was watching Cam Fowler. You're a defenseman. You've been in the league for years. You, you're you know your position really well and you're really good at it. There's a two-on-one, and you're going and taking the person with the puck. That's a big no-no. That's hockey 101. When you're on two-on-one, you always take the person without the puck and let your goalie handle the player with the puck. That's just that's basic hockey 101. They teach you that when you first play beginner league, when you're a young kid, that it's always one of the first defensive rules. Take the player without the puck. And he just uh, he didn't do that, and it resulted in a quick goal. That was just really frustrating, especially a game – where I think they could have won, and it, but they didn't even have a fight in the in overtime period. Seven seconds later, you're just done, and it's frustrating. You know what? <clears throat> a little funny story about that. So, I was at uh, out and about with my my better half, and uh, when the Ducks went to overtime, I had to run to the bathroom really quick. Um, you know, unfortunately, I had some adult beverages, and I had to go. And uh, when I came back, uh, she told me that they had lost. <laughs> I didn't even see it live. I was so mad. I had to, I had to really go to the restroom and I ran, like literally went and came back and she's like, yeah, they scored and they lost. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I literally just ran to the bathroom and back. Like, you know, I mean, we know there's not that normal break between the periods, right? And I'm like, these mofo, I was like, I was like pissed. 
And I'm like, oh my god, man. So, so it after, was your fault they you lost know, that game then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had to go to the bathroom. I drank too much. I, you know, I, I had to go. I, I thought, I'll go real quick. It'll all be fine, right? So from now on, the rest of the season, even though they did lose in overtime again, and I was present for that one later, you know, in, in these games here, I, I will not go to the bathroom during overtime. Hey, just keep. I am making that promise. Just keep a Gatorade bottle with you, an empty one, Andy. <laughs> oh my God! Now you're talking about my other my other job. But anyways, <laughs> um, no, I I I will not. I promise all of you out there, I will not go to the restroom or leave my seat. In overtime, you know, it didn't work, like I said, the other time. But <laughs> anyways, a little side story there. So so we see these first two games. You're like, okay, it's the Comtois-Gibson show, you know. Okay, I mean, game one pretty much. Game two, like we said, they, they, they did play better. So we were kind of like, okay, let's see what's going to happen. They then had the Wild, <clears throat> one of Eddie's very favorite teams. And they, they got kind of in a similar situation in, in the first game against Minnesota. They got ahead by a goal uh, early in the third period by uh, Delorier, uh, who also had a couple goals in here. It was it was Delorier and Comtois basically scoring all the goals in the, in the uh, first couple games of the season, and the Ducks were able to hang on and win this one. Uh, so th- this was good. You know the penalty kill has been outstanding. One of the bright points for the Ducks. Uh, Minnesota had five power plays, and the Ducks you know killed off all of them. So you know great game there. They pulled it off, and then. Uh, the, the second game against the Wild was like the first game against Vegas, right? Uh, the Wild got ahead by two goals. Ducks came back and scored two goals. You had Deloria getting another one. Fowler getting on the board. And then, unfortunately, the Ducks gave up an early goal in the third, and they you know couldn't come back. So they ended up splitting these games uh, here, Eddie. I, I thought, you know, I, I thought they, they started improving a little bit better. I, I mean, they, like we said, you know, they, they at least won one, lost one. Uh, looking at, you know, everything that was going on. Um, you know, this team hasn't shown quit so much. I mean, they got down early against Vegas in game one. They came back. Yes, they did lose it in game, uh, excuse me, in period three. This game, though, too, they got down by two against Minnesota. They rallied, and yeah, they lost in the third period. Uh, so that's one thing. The, the comeback kids, they're maybe not completing the comeback all the way, but there is fight, and they are, are you know, not just laying down and, and losing, but uh, I liked what I saw uh, in these other games. Like I said, not not perfect, but uh, uh, still relying on Gibson a lot, which we got a lot of fan questions on Gibson. We'll get to those later in the show. But I, I felt like the first two games was you know they really were kind of iffy, and I, and I feel like they kind of went up a little bit, Eddie. I mean. They didn't improve greatly, but I, I, I feel like it's that little engine that could, right? And it's kind of going up the hill a little bit, right? And uh, I, I think that they started kind of making a couple strides, even though it's really been uh, Delorier <laughs> and Comtois, the only ones scoring all the goals pretty much in, in the first four games outside of the uh, one Cam Fowler goal. Oh, yeah. They played much better against the Wild. Unfortunately, the Wild got that win. That pissed me off. I think everyone on our group chat, our Ducks and Parks group chat, was asking if I was okay because they lost the Wild. But one thing to note in this game, too, uh, something positive. I think Miller played outstanding for being out so long uh, and being at his age and him contemplating retirement. And he didn't have a contract till like, way late until when the season was starting. I think he didn't play that bad. He still looks like a really uh, top-quality backup goalie. So that was something positive. 
Which one thing I really hated about these games? Oh, you know what, Delorie too. I had to throw him love. That was awesome. Him scoring a goal. I wanted you to drop the gloves, but if you can keep scoring, then so be it. And if you want to turn it into a goal scorer, go ahead and do that. You are awesome. But back to my my I guess my complaint now is uh, I think I think Borkstadt, whatever his name from the Wild, runs over Gibson and and then Shattenkirk kind of comes up to him and kind of just taps him and doesn't do anything. Like I, I don't understand what was the the point of that. Yes, Gibson's out of his crease, and it's, I guess it's fair game, but if someone's going to take a run at your goalie right there, you better be there to kick the shit out of him. I don't care who you are. I don't care if Shattenkirk's not a fighter. He would have got his ass kicked. That doesn't matter. That's not the point. You get in there, and you defend your team and have some fight in you, and that's just that just kind of like – that kind of play kind of shows or tells me the Ducks aren't really there to play. It's just kind of going through the motions. And, yeah, they improved, and they played a hell of a lot better than they did with Vegas, but – they also aren't playing a, a top-heavy team like Vegas. And it just, I don't know, that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way of, of how it doesn't seem like they have so much fight into them. I posted a tweet, too. They're allowing players just to walk right in front of Gibson and Miller in both these two games they've played. And you shouldn't do that. If you're a, a player for an opposing team, you shouldn't be able to be comfortably walking in front of the, the, the opposing goalie without getting your head knocked into. Ducks are just aren't there throwing their physicality and making them those players pay for their mistakes. And that's just really unfortunate. The Ducks need that grit and they need the players to, to kind of be afraid to do those moves. You shouldn't allow those one, two, or three opportunities on your goalies. You should be in there really quick and making life hell for the opposing players. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and part of the problem, too, is the, the one player that's always been there to do that has been... Uh, Josh Manson and you know during this uh, couple games here remember he got uh, in that little tussle and ended up uh, you know now he's out for six weeks so the Ducks lose their one you know tough guy on the blue line that would be in there uh, doing his thing uh, like you said standing up uh, you know for Gibson or any other player for that matter so you lose him on the blue line uh, you know in these games against the Wild which was huge and then the Ducks basically have to now shift the blue line around, right? We've seen Hakapa come up and, and start playing more uh, minutes. And then uh, Larson, Walensky, uh, excuse me, Walensky, and then also Hutton coming in here, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So I, I think that's another uh, part moving forward from here that falls in line with what you're talking about, Eddie, because... Uh, without him there, and like you said, Shattenkirk kind of going over there and like, you know, hey man, like don't hit my goalie. It's like, come on, dude. Like really? Like if, like you said, if you touch my goalie, then I'm going to have something to say and do about it. I'm not just going to run over there and tap you. You're you know, going to get you know a stick in the face, uh, pushed against the board, something. I'm not saying go nuts and get a penalty out of it, but our, our, I mean, our, you're going to make a response. Yeah, or injure the player. Just go in and defend your, show your goalie, especially someone like Gibson that, hey, you know, you have our back all the time making all these saves, keeping us in these games. When someone does something like that to you, look at, I'm going to sacrifice myself, my body, even though if I'm not a fighter or whatever, I'll get my ass kicked. At least I, I stood up for you and, and, and kind of like had your back. You didn't even see that. I'd be pissed if I was Gibson. I'd be like, you know what? Screw this. This guy's not going to have my back. Like, you know, screw that. I, I'd be really furious yeah absolutely and, that, and that's what the ducks you know I, I think that's been one issue like not you know talking about official stats or anything like that which we'll get into in the next little segment here but that's definitely been something that's missed here is, is that level of grit 
and we've talked about this through seasons, you know, before uh, with everything. But you know, you you end up seeing uh, Manson and Greenway get into this thing at the end of the first period in the uh, the third game there, and then they're out. And I saw some people too. It's kind of funny they were talking about fighting and how fighting shouldn't be in the league. And I was kind of cracking up. I'm like, they weren't really fighting. Like if you're talking about squaring off and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Manson did kind of throw in a late punch there. Didn't get an extra two minutes, thankfully. But uh, they were just going at it, you know. And uh, it's just, it's just tough. It's an unfortunate thing now because, like we said, he's out. Uh, That grit part is kind of missing. Um, it's kind of led to what Eddie have talked about. It's kind of been boring Ducks hockey a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to lie, watching some of these these first four games. Uh, I guess the first one was maybe exciting because a lot of goals and coming back and forth and stuff. But some of it's been a little bit slow and dry. I, I mean, it's just it is what it is. I, I you know I'm trying to be real, not just sit here and 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 tell you that it's all great and everything. I mean, yes, the Ducks are in a playoff spot. It's early, but um, so we see that happen in Minnesota. And then I think another equation to the way the Ducks are playing a lot of times goes with who they play. And we see in the next two games they play Colorado. And now we see them playing this north-south game. We see them playing a high-tempo game. We see them, you know, almost get 40 shots, uh, you know, against uh, Colorado in one of these games. It's like, well, who, who the hell is this team? But then the next game we only see them get 15 shots. And they end up winning that game. So it's like, what the hell is going on with this team? It's crazy, right? They get 38 shots in one game, and they lose 3-2. to two. <laughs> Then they get 15 shots, and they win 3-1. to one. I mean, it's like, what what is going on with this team? And, of course, they did lose in overtime again in this game against Colorado. And, yes, I was in my seat, so we can't blame me for this one. We can blame me for the other one, right? But, um, you know, overall, I, I thought the Ducks played... Uh, better for the most part as far as tempo and speed and things like that uh, against this Colorado team. And, you know, the Ducks keep ending up, you know, getting points. They got three out of four points against these, you know, high-flying Colorado team that's now in the Ducks division. We know is one of the teams that's projected to be in the top three. So I liked what I saw, despite the shots on goal in the second game I thought was terrible. But the second game, the Ducks also, uh, you know, kept the chances down for Colorado. So I think that was a, a huge key uh, in these two games was, was slowing down the offense, uh, you know, even though they lost that first one in overtime, but uh, they didn't let the Avalanche run wild. You know what I mean, Eddie? I mean, you, you know, this is your second favorite team. Oh, yeah. And just kind of the back skate real quick, going back to the Minnesota game, you did mention Jordan Greenway. I thought it was funny when Greenway, there was a little scuffle in front of the net, and he, I think he had his head down at first, and he tries to go after Delorier. And they're both, you know, you know, kind of just barking back and forth. And then a couple of the wild skaters from there skating back to the bench. I don't know if someone mentioned to Greenway, like, hey, that's one player you don't want to screw with. Because after that, I didn't see Greenway try to, you know, bark at Delorier or anything. He kind of just kind of stayed away from him. And I thought that was kind of funny. If I don't know if one of the wild players like, dude, you really don't want to scrap with this guy. Yeah, you're bigger than him, but you're not going to win that fight. So I thought that was pretty funny. Now, going back to the Colorado, yeah, I think they played great. I think uh, they took advantage, well, they, they kind of took advantage of Colorado that first game. Colorado was coming back, uh, they're back to back. They just lost to the Kings the night before. I think with Colorado, too, what they do is they kind of shoot themselves in the foot. They expect because they're that powerhouse of a team and everyone's talking them up. When they play teams like LA or Anaheim for those bottom barrel teams, I think they come in the rink and expect it's going to be an easy game. And, and these teams aren't going to be hungry for a win. 
And I think that's what happened here. Uh, the Ducks played really well. They shut down McKinnon. They shut down the Avalanche team. I think there was in the second period, there was eight, eight or nine minutes, the Avalanche didn't even get a shot on net. They just absolutely dummied them. And I, I, it, was, it, it was pretty fun to see. It was good to see the Ducks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus to kind of shut down a powerhouse a team like that until <laughs> Of course, until there's always that until the the overtime period where once again uh, they they let a two on one. Luckily, Gibson makes a hell of a save. Uh, Landis Cog with the wraparound, and you have Silverberg just right there. I don't know if he's asking Gibson when the Sonny Steakhouse is going to open up again because it's all he was doing was just standing there like, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? Yeah, I know. Uh, Landis Cog's a pretty big boy, he's a power forward, and, and I'm pretty sure if uh, Silverberg would have stepped up to him, he would have been put on his ass. But at least that puck wouldn't have went into the net, and and the the, the Ducks probably could have just rid their momentum and stole a win. But unfortunately, it didn't happen in another overtime where they just failed to to execute. Now that uh, yeah, now that second game too, they just they, they went bananas. That was probably the the best game. And it was fun. The the speed was there. Um, they just didn't generate a lot of scoring chances, but they made it count when they did, and they pretty much just let the uh, the wild, or I'm sorry, the, the Avalanche just shoot, shoot, and shoot, and then have like, nothing to show for it. And that was getting into their head. All the offensive chances they had, and how they were out shooting the Ducks, they just could not get anything past Gibson. So that was a pretty good win, especially dropping that overtime. It's not bad for playing the arguably the best team in the league right now. Yeah, and finally with this team, we you know, uh, Silverberg, Raquel, Henrique, they all got goals in these uh, two games. You know, that line had just like disappeared in the first four games of the season. You know, you're talking about you're, you're basically your best three scoring forwards last year and nothing. So now you see them come through here, which is a great sign. And then... Uh, I, I crack up too that overtime that you're talking about. A lot of varying opinions on that. I, I saw people upset because Gibson tried to advance that pass and you know basically get a quick transition. The puck got intercepted. He makes that initial ridiculous save, and then like you said, the the second goal or the second attempt ends up being that goal and. And, you know, Silverberg's just standing there. I, I don't know what he was doing. Like you said, uh, I mean, you know, hanging out to go eat. Uh, like, you, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it's true. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, I mean, he didn't even have to go, uh, you know, put a, a big check or anything. All he had to do really is just stand next to the side of the net and block off that wraparound attempt. And we're probably still playing. And, I mean, yeah, Gibson did that pass and it got intercepted. But... I, I don't fault Gibson on that at all. And I saw a lot of people, you know, like, oh, he shouldn't have passed it up there and da-da-da. Well, it's like, 
I mean, what do you what do you want him to do? He's trying to pass it up to the blue line and, and catch Colorado, and the and the they made a great play intercepting it and bring it back, and then he makes even a better save on the initial part. So I don't fault him on that. I I, I, I mean, of all the people we're looking at here, Gibson is like the last person you should be complaining about on anything. So. I was happy with the way that they played overall. Yeah, that little breakdown. Overtime, still a sore spot for the Ducks, right? We've just never figured it out, never done well. So uh, a little you know, frustration there. And then, like you said, they came back, played uh, decent in the uh, second game against Colorado, except for the shots, and got the win. And then, of course, we're in the middle of this uh, battle now with Arizona. Uh, this game was like, to me, it was probably the most boringest game the Ducks did Beat them in the first, you know, battle, one uh, nothing. You had Heinen, another forward, finally getting in there, getting a, a goal. And uh, you know, the Ducks uh, they gave up 31 shots against the you know Coyotes, but slowed them down. Um, you know, stopped all their power play chances. I thought it was again a solid performance um, by the team, and they you know ended up getting the win out of this one. We had one fan ask uh, about Hutton's debut, um, Big John uh, the Bear on Instagram, and. You know, Hutton looked great. This was the first time that he finally got in there. I know a lot of people were asking. Uh, he played over 20 minutes. He had four hits, three blocked uh, shots, and a shot on goal and a plus-minus of one. Um, you know, I, I thought he had a good game. Uh, and you had Letary in there, too. He finally got a crack at it. He played uh, 13 minutes. He got about a minute on the power play. He had two shots on goal, four hits. Uh, and a plus minus of plus one. So I, I thought those new guys did well in this game. And uh, I, I think, that, like I said, Eddie, I think the Ducks keep going up, up, you know, not not hugely, but, you know, they're 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 doing it. They're getting points, and that's the key thing so far this season. Yeah. I like what I see from Hutton. Uh, he, he went in there. He did his job. He, he, he didn't wow anyone, but he wasn't all horrible he, he he played his position well and, and i like what i saw from him it's, it's going to be a great addition to to the the bottom pairing defenseman and he might be asked to be a you know probably step up and have a bigger role with manson out and i think he can be up to the task and it's gonna be a good feeling so i think it was a good signing and i think he had a good debut game like you said that that game against arizona yeah it pretty pretty it like, was kind of boring it was kind of slow and dry they got the win so that's one uh, positive thing, and then Heinen got the the, the, the the I guess the lone goal, uh, really 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 beautiful goal too. So I was at the gym watching this game. So if you guys uh, if you guys are one of the people that can't watch the games, the gym has it on. So if you go to your gym, you can watch it there. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. A lot of people hit me up this season about where to watch the games. I, I have AT and T, so I'm able to see it on there. But if you don't, you know, if they don't end up being on channel. Uh, 13 or you don't have NHL Network or whatnot, uh, I mean, you're kind of SOL, which it's unfortunate, you know, especially with everything going on right now. You know, you'd think they'd make it, you know, more accessible, but uh, is what it is, Hockey's not for everyone, I guess. Their slogan. I, yeah, yeah, I guess, right, depending on what cable provider you have. <laughs> All right, so, you know, looking at these games, kind of put this together. Uh, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, you know, there's some some good stuff going on, some bad stuff, and uh, not not too ugly, but one ugly in there, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about the good, right? The obvious is Gibson. He was named the third star of the week. Uh, he had a two zero and one record. 
He stopped 95 out of 99 shots, a 960 save percentage, and a goals against of 1.33. And he had one shutout during that time when they named him uh, a third star. That was before the uh, second one, obviously, against Arizona. So that's, of course, the good. And all of you are blowing it up with questions. Of, you know, the Vesna uh, trophy talk is getting nuts. A lot of you guys asking those questions. Um, blown us up on Instagram, which has been fantastic. But uh, we had Shredden37 ask, you know, is Gibson, uh, you know, will he be a legitimate run at the Vesna Trophy? Uh, we have another guy, 29, Josh No W-A-K-O. He asked, you know, will Gibson get us into the playoffs? Um, uh, we have Cool A 109 also asks us, you know, what do you think of Gibson's uh, season, especially that last game against the Coyotes? And just tons of questions about Vesna, Vesna, Vesna. You know, it's getting thrown out there and everything like that. Uh, I, you're not going to get an argument against me. I mean, I, looking at these stats too. Eddie and I were talking about this, and you're looking at the the goalies that have played uh, six or more games at this point. Uh, obviously, when we're recording the show, and Gibson's basically number one <laughs> in everything. Uh, if you go on NHL.com, you can pull up those stats and you can arrange them. You know, by all the different categories, but you look at him; he's it's been just phenomenal. Uh, of those goalies that have played six or more games, uh, his save percentage is nine forty-eight, which is the highest. His goals against is one point six seven, which is the lowest. And outside of Edmonton, uh, because they played more games, he's had the most shots against at one hundred ninety-one. So to say he's been playing well, uh, yeah. Uh, also the two shutouts in there too. So I, I mean, <laughs> he's the story of the team right now. Uh, the other good part is the penalty kill, which has almost been at 90%, top five in the league. Another great story for the team. But as far as the Vesna Trophy, Eddie, a lot of people talk about it. The Ducks get shafted all the time, I feel. I, I mean, to you and me, it's a no-brainer. If he's able to keep these kind of numbers up for the rest of the season, uh, I, I don't know how you argue with it. Look, comparing him to the other goalies that have started, you know, the same amount of games. That that's what I'm looking at. But we know how the NHL hates the Ducks, so it probably won't happen. You know what I mean, Eddie? No, he'll probably get fined and suspended for something. Who knows? <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah, he's he's playing lights out. He's playing great. Uh, hopefully, he makes the All Star team. If not, we'll have Wild Wing next. Oh no, never mind. No All Star game. So that's good. <laughs> uh, we can scratch that, but no, he's he's playing to that level. Um, now, if he's gonna get it, some sometimes seeing these awards, it's more of a popularity contest or which team's trending in the right direction. So if the Ducks are in the bottom of the barrel and he has the best stats, I don't think he's gonna get that much love. Um, I'm glad that EA Sports, their their NHL 21, he's the second best goalie in the league, just under Vasilevsky. So at least they give him that recognition and that love. It doesn't really matter really to anything. Um, I did notice something about Gibson. I don't know if you noticed it, Mike, when he was having an interview. He looked like he bulked up a little bit. His, his arms look a little more toned and a little bigger than last season's. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he did put on a little bit of muscle there in the off season. Uh, I agree. I, I think that's definitely been added in there. And I think uh, the other thing we talked about is that before the season started, I believe we talked about in the last show, that he was actually practicing in Irvine at the Great Park before the season like really like you know hitting it hard and there were a, a few other players too uh, on the team that were doing things before 
the actual, uh, you know, I guess mini camp or whatever. Because remember, they started a few days before some of the other teams. Not enough, in my opinion. But the players took it upon themselves to go do things. And I can't speak for the other players, but for Gibson, it's definitely, uh, you know, shown in these games. You look at these stats, and we'll and we'll go over some of them. It's just crazy what he's done. Uh, basically since game one, uh, insane. We're talking about, you know, a five on five, his save percentage is 960, uh, stopping 157 of 163 shots. Uh, as far as some advanced stats, he's given up seven fewer goals than expected goals. And he's also faced, you know, 65 high, uh, high danger shots, uh, which is crazy. And in, in these games, too, I mean, you, you look at outside the first game, the Ducks have only scored 10 goals in six games. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just stupid, Eddie, uh, to look at what, what he's doing right now. Plus, with what I guess we could talk about the bad part of the team, is the Ducks offense. They're only averaging 1.71 goals per game, which is dead last in the league. They're also averaging 24.6 shots per game, which is second to last in the league. So... The good thing for the Ducks is Gibson and the penalty kill. The bad thing is is the offense and the shots on goal, Eddie. It, 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 I mean, holy crap. I mean, I'm happy the Ducks are, are above. Like we've talked about, you know, they may have a chance to end up fourth this season. But <laughs> it's it's all penalty kill and Gibson right now. I mean, the offense is, oh, my God. It, it's it's really scary. And like you said, sometimes makes the games a little little boring to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh... That penalty kills that that it's a plus though. Hopefully, uh, I mean, fourth best in the league. Hopefully, they can kind of rise up to number one. Um, but just yeah, I don't know. Like I said it like offline too. Like it's, these games are just getting kind of hard to watch. And I wish the Ducks. I I, I hope it's just having that long time off of that more extended time off than a lot of other teams did. And I hope uh, each game they they start getting that back. They start getting the grit back, their feet, and start start scoring a hell of a lot more goals. Please, it just. <laughs> have the players start scoring but yeah um just gibson has been uh our savior i get people or god or jesus whatever saying all the stuff about gibson but i think he's really playing like it i i know a lot of people were really critical about gibson and questioning if he's that superstar i think it's safe to say that he's truly is the duck superstar and probably one of the top players in the league especially a goaltender a hundred percent i mean he he's What's keeping the Ducks rolling uh, all these games pretty much uh, this season, which, I mean, it is a short season, so he can play a majority of these contests if they need him to. The only other real point to look at, the ugly part, is the Ducks' power play. We've talked about this before. They're the only team right now that has not scored a power play goal in the league. So that's that's the ugly part. So looking at everything, the Ducks not able to score goals, not able to get a lot of shots uh, on net. You know, in each contest, and, and like we said, power play. I joke on Twitter when I'm covering the games because just so you all know, there's a bunch of us that run the Twitter. It's not just me, but uh, I, when I'm running it, I like to joke about the power play and how, oh, here we go, and then up oh, they didn't score. Big, big surprise. But what's interesting is with all the stuff going on, Murray's still trying to do stuff, and we found this out for the uh, Pierre Luc Dubois uh, sweepstakes, if you will. The Ducks ended up being one of the final three teams. They ended up not getting, uh, you know, the, the the deal made. Basically, it was Winnipeg that did it. They had Patrick Laine and Jake uh, Rosliff uh, go to um, Columbus for Dubois and also a 2022 third round pick. So, uh, 
that's what ended up happening. I thought it was interesting. They talked about, you know, the 31 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Freeman. That the Ducks basically are still looking to try to get offense. And it doesn't look like the Ducks, you know, offered up Drysdale or Zegris in that deal. But, you know, what do you make of this, Eddie? It, it, it seems like the Ducks are now, it's early, but they're in a playoff position. You know, they're fighting it out. Uh, right now, they're in the they're basically in the middle of the pack, I guess you could say, because of all the uh, you know who they're all tied with. But Murray's going out there and trying to get an offensive player, which of course we're looking at the problems here with the team, and that and that's where we're struggling. Uh, do you think you know a lot of questions we have too from a bunch of people? Um, you know, is it going to help? We had uh, Dizzy all day on Instagram asked that. Uh, Adam T Town asked if we could, you know, sign or try and trade to get another player as well. And Trip SB uh, underscore thirty three also asked that too about trying to get wingers and whatnot. Uh, you think that's something that's going to happen uh, to prove this team, or like what do we do? You know, basically to get this team where we're at because yes, you know, we're playing really well in certain areas and not so well in other areas. But as of right now, we're technically in contention for a playoff spot. Yeah, you know what? I was really surprised to find out the Ducks were in the running. Uh, one of the three teams, the finalists for that trade. It was kind of interesting. But then I'm thinking about it. The the Blue Jackets asked for uh, Nick Suzuki from the Canadians. And he's a really high-end talent. He's playing well. He played well last season in the playoffs. And he's playing well now. Uh, I bet you Vegas is kicking themselves in the ass for letting him go. But uh, they got patch ready. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody. But I was surprised, but I'm glad that uh, Murray didn't go and try to give out uh, Zegris because I'm pretty sure they asked about Zegris or Drysdale. And I'm glad that he didn't go out and offer them. I'm really curious to see what he offered. I saw people joking on Twitter saying, oh, he got like Grant and a fifth, and I've joked back. like That's way too much for Dubois. But <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was kind of interesting to see him trying to go for a player like that. It's really not his M.O., so kind of A for effort on that but there's no way he was in a match with the jets were, were matching so that, that was not going to happen it's, it's good to see him trying to improve the team that way but then again i just really can't see one player really turning the tide on, on what the problems of this team is going through in this early season uh it, it's it's terrible i think uh i think you have a better chance of letting all the fans back in the building and scream shoot on the power play so they can maybe shoot more and get some goals to him at least not even improve it but to actually get a stat on there because zero and you know i feel bad because i was talking crap saying like oh the wilder oh and 16 on the power play up oh, that, that tweet didn't really age well because the ducks are over here with the uh, no power play goals at all so um as far as improving the team i i don't know mike i i just can't see a player that we can get with the the assets that we have without giving up one of Drysdale or Zegris to, to improve this team. I think this team has to improve themselves. They have to uh, keep shooting the puck and getting those quality shots. Well, at this point, just shoot the damn puck because obviously <laughs> I mean, it's, it's better than not doing anything at all. Um, th- there's not a player that just sticks out to me that can improve this team. I think I generate some offense. I think the only solution, or not really solution, but I say bring up some some guys from the goals, let them have some NHL chances. I know they're hungry, and if they get the opportunity to play in NHL, they're gonna try to capitalize on that. They're gonna try to make those shots when other players kind of just hold on to the puck a little bit more and make those passes. I, I don't know. Maybe there's hungrier players 
maybe you have to let the, the players from the taxi squad get in. Uh, Backus hasn't played yet. Maybe he's hungry, and when he gets the opportunity, he might bring something that can help the Ducks, even though he, he's at the tail end of his career. It just We have to do something that's going to fire up this team and, and kind of light that fire under their ass so they can start scoring. They, they desperately need it. You can't have a player like Carter Rowney or Delorier being your, your top scorers. I think Rowney leads the Ducks in points right now. It's just... Yeah, it's good for him, but that's not his role in the team. He's not that offensive player. We have players that really significantly need to step up. One I'll call out is Raquel. Uh, he just hasn't been the same since, since his, uh, I guess, that contract year he had when he, he did really well. But just we, we have to do something. We have to change up our style. The coaching staff needs to do something different. The players need to hold themselves accountable too and do something different. We can't we, we can't just do this the whole season and we can't rely on Gibson and and expect him to to kind of show up to that and be that that number one god thing. It's just gonna get old. He's gonna get burnt out. He's gonna get hurt. Something has to happen. But I can't have a player off the top of my head that's gonna come in and significantly change the Ducks' tide. Unless you're talking about a player like McDavid or something or McKinnon, Drysdale. Those players aren't gonna come easy, and and they're, and they're not gonna be available. So. We have to just try to figure out what we're doing. And like I keep saying on every show, and I'll say it again, we have to find the identity and and build off there. Yeah, that's been part of the problem. The Ducks' identity. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We've talked about kind of the lack of grit in there. Uh, special teams on the, on the power play. Not getting people in front of the net. Not getting people in front of the net on 5-on-5 five five as well. Uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't even realize... The uh, point totals, I look, I looked it up right now when you said that. I'm like, Carter Rowney has four points and leads the Ducks. I mean, that should not be happening right now. That's like beyond ridiculous. I mean, he, he's got the most points. I, I mean, are you, are you kidding me right now? I didn't even realize that. Uh, all right. And then you've got, you know, Comtois, Delorier with three and three and Getzloff with three. And, and like you said, the line that's been disappointing was Henrique Silverberg and Raquel. Until these last couple games, like I, I don't know what happened with those guys, disappeared. Those are the guys that we've been looking for. So I, I don't think, like you said, one player is going to do it. I don't think it's going to fix all the problems. I think having Manson out, and don't forget also uh, Sonny Milano is out as well on the IR is a problem. Uh, you know, so you got a couple guys there that uh, you know could help the team. Like we said, with the grit and with the scoring are some of the problems. And I think that the Ducks are going to run into this too. If they're trying to trade for offense and get a, you know, uh, basically an NHL ready player now that's scoring goals and whatnot, teams are going to come asking for Drysdale and Zegras. I mean, you can't not expect that. 
And and also, you know Murray's not going to do that. There's no way he's going to trade one of those two guys unless it's some crazy all-star player, like you said, like a McDavid or something like that. So I don't see the Ducks doing something big. I mean, I, I was surprised that they got that far, like you said, with Dubois. I really was. I, I thought, okay, they're going to be interested, but are they going to get this this close? And they did. You know, they got down to the final three, which is you know pretty intense. But I don't see that. And uh, I, I guess it kind of leads to one of the other fan questions, more so like you know who would the Ducks trade and whatnot. Because uh, we had Sonny Siegel ask, you know, has Larson plateaued? And I say yes. I, I think Larson is one name that I would trade. I, I would throw him out there and do it. And I think if you're talking about forwards, the other names out there that you know maybe are more likely. Uh, you're talking about Jones, Steele, and Terry. I'm not saying I've given up on these guys at all. I'm not saying that. We saw what happened with uh, Carlson, right? Um, you know, you know, a little dagger there. Or Theodore, too, which, again, that was expansion expansion draft. I know, expansion draft was that one, right? So, you know, there's some of that going on. But some of these guys, it might be the ones you look at. I, I mean, I don't know. Max Jones has been injured. He's been playing better a little bit lately, but it really hasn't done much. Um, Steele's got a couple assists. You know, Terry's been in there. I think that they both had close opportunities here. A lot, a lot. The big problem too that I noticed with a lot of the Ducks is they're shooting like a couple inches above the net. <laughs> you know, a lot of near misses with this team uh, as well. But I, I mean, those are some names that I'm throwing out there to watch. Maybe those are players that the Ducks will go for, but. You know, people are going to come in asking for Drysdale or Zegris, like I said. I just don't see it happening. So, you know, maybe nothing that big happens. And then I'm kind of cracking up because we're talking about all this. And then a trade happens, Eddie. And it's like a three-way super minor trade right before we recorded the show. It's cracking me up. But the Ducks end up going out and getting Carrick's brother, uh, Trevor Carrick. They trade for him. They send uh, Kopaka to the Sharks. And then, you know, the Sharks end up trading Kopaka to the Sins. And, and they wanted Yaros. So they pick him up. And then they also part ways with a seventh-round pick from 2022. So it's kind of interesting, this this weird three-way trade. To me, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. I talked to our, you know, prospect minor expert, Thomas, today. And he's going to have an article on it, maybe going a little bit more depth to it. But not a really whole lot there. Another kind of just whatever, minor trade. I don't know if they wanted to, you know, unite the Carrick brothers. But this ain't no Niedermeyer brothers, right? So <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what, what that whole thing was all about. It didn't really seem like a big deal to me. But kind of disappointing because, you know, you, you hear about Dubois and you're all excited. All right, we're going to do this. We're going to make a big move. We're going to help this team move forward. And then this comes out and you're just kind of like, Okay, the real Bob Murray's back. <laughs> I don't know, Eddie. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're we're critical of Bob, but I, I just, I'm just laughing because this, after all that, like, what's going on? I mean, I, I think he's definitely trying to work and do something, Eddie. But I, I'm with you. If it's one guy, is that going to fix the offense and the power play? I don't, I don't think so. And there's a couple other players we'll talk about a little bit later in the league news. There's some other guys on the trading block that, that we'll get into. But without getting into those players, Eddie, uh, what do you think? I mean, they had this little minor league deal. It doesn't seem like a you know anything significant to me. Maybe it was more kind of a future considerations kind of thing for San Jose and the Ducks. So uh, San Jose can flip that, that, you know, flip that to Ottawa. I don't know. Maybe just uh, Carrick. 
he suggested or he made a suggestion having his brother. I, I doubt it because they're not going to listen to a player on that. But I guess it's kind of cool him having his brother in San Diego, having two brothers play together. That that should be interesting to see. Maybe San Diego goes and wins the championship. <laughs> Who knows what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the other the other part of this too. I mean, you just gotta look at this team this season and and where they're going. And, you know, we had this question, too. We had I.K. Laos ask, you know, realistically, do you think the Ducks will become contenders again? And I do. I, I really do think that the Ducks will become a contender again. It's just not going to be this year. I, I know they're in a playoff spot. There's been some good things that the team has done. Uh, they're they're kind of just extremes, like we said, really good at some and, and really poor at others. But, I, you know, another situation, I think, uh, we had Jake Olson brings us up too, and a couple other Instagram people. Are, you know, what about Zegers? He's down with the goals. Why don't you bring him up? That's what I'm talking about. At this point, I don't think trying to trade for a big name player is necessarily going to do it. I, I'm like, you know what? Just bring Zegers up and play him. Go for it. What do you have to lose? I mean, really, what do you have to lose at this point? I, I would throw him up there and rock and roll. And if for some reason Manson's going to be out longer. Maybe you do bring up Drysdale. I mean, I like what I've seen from Hakapa right now. Uh, Hutton's done well, a small sample size of one game. But that's kind of been our theme. I think we talked about that, you know, in a couple podcasts before uh, the season. We said, hey, bring up the young guys. Throw them in there. Let's rock and roll. It's a shortened season anyways. Let's just see what happens, right? I mean... What's the worst thing that happens? They come up and they bomb? I, I really doubt that. I don't see Zegris and Drysdale bombing. I just don't. But, I mean, if you're going to get a big-name player in this shortened season and think he's going to turn the team into a contender overnight, I, I don't see that. I'd rather these younger guys get a crack at it. Like we said, especially with some of these injuries, if more injuries happen, I, I throw those guys in there and let's do this and see what happens. That's what I'm at. I'm kind of like, like, let's just blow shit up. I mean, that, that's where I'm at. Let's throw in the, some of these guys and uh, just roll the dice from there. I mean, what do you have to lose, right, Eddie? Oh, no, I 100% agree with you. Like, I, Yeah, I, I didn't want these players to make the opening night roster. I didn't want them to be, to be stuck on this team where it's just it seems like it's going to be uh, – it's, it's going to hit reality soon and we're going to just sink to that bottom. And I, I don't want them being like full-time part of that. But right now when Ducks need scoring help and they haven't have a power play goal, why not bring those kids in and see what they got? Hey, if, if they start generating offense and they, they earn their spot each and every night, then, then keep them up then. If they can prove that they can play at this level and, and they're going to help the Ducks improve in those stats, and they can, especially a player like Zegers where he's, he's projected to be our future future star and they're going to, a player that you can build a team around, well, why not get a look at him and, and get him in a few games, uh, put him in uh, th- th- this situation, let him get a taste of this, this NHL action. He'd go back to San Diego, learn what he used from the NHL and better his game down there. He comes up even more improved of a player. But like you said, we have nothing else to lose right now, you know, bearing an injury, but that's not really going to, yeah, that's kind of a, kind of like what if kind of thing. What if all day, but I say, try it, try them out and let's see what they have. And if they work out, then it makes these other players expendable. Like players that you mentioned, the Jones, the Terry's, the Steels. Yeah. I don't want to see either of them trade it. 
uh, at all. Especially still, I, I said, and I was just joking, or maybe I was like borderline serious, but I think changing the number had like, something to do with his game. Yeah, he only has two apples so far, but I think he's played well. He's he's kind of opening up the ice for other players. He's making smart plays. A, a lot of these passes he's making, it just like there's no one to finish the, the play and no one to score, but I think he's playing uh, some of his best hockey I've seen in uh, since he's came into the league. I like that. Um, but like I said, let, let's bring in Zegras and let's, let's give him a few games and see if he could spark something with the with the power play. I mean, you can't go any worse than zero. And if there's like a negative stat, I'm pretty sure the Ducks would be dipping their uh, beaks into that too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that's been... <laughs> oh man, you cracked me up with that. But yeah, I mean, what, what are you going to do? You're going to get a guy overnight and then you know try and turn this team around? I, I don't think so. Um you know, some of the other questions we had was uh, Mark, the one and only, asked, you know, should the Ducks find more ways to score or, or, or build more of a defensive style of hockey? I don't really think this team can build much more defensively. I mean, yeah, Manson's out. Hakapa's doing well in there. Uh, you've got, you know, Walensky. We're kind of waiting on Mahur to see if he gets a crack at it a little bit more this season. I mean, Gibson's been crazy in that. I don't really think defense is, is the Ducks' issue so much. You know, like we said, lack and grit maybe a little bit. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is that this team is not getting enough shots on goal. That's that's one of the problems. They're also not getting enough bodies in front. And they're more of the one-and-done type. They're, they're shooting it, and then that's it. Uh, we've seen moments here and there where they've done better in the forecheck and sustained some pressure but that's really been the issue with this team is getting in there uh sustaining the forecheck for an extended uh you know period of time we haven't seen that other than little spurts and, and that's where i'm looking at so hopefully the ducks can do something like that improve it seems like when they play more you know high speed teams that they end up doing that too so um we'll just kind of see what the ducks do and see if murray makes a trade um, with that, we'll kind of go towards the last part of the show. We'll talk about league news. There's a lot of stuff you wanted to cover, Eddie. Uh, unfortunately, more problems with watching uh, games on the TV, I guess. Uh, NBC is going to kind of close up some things here, Eddie. Yeah, so I guess uh, at the end of 2021, NBC will close shop. Um, the USA Network will be beginning covering games. Uh, the USA Network is another NBC universally owned company. Um, and I guess NBC's new streaming service, Peacock, will air some of the games. I, I just see this going in a direction where it's going to charge fans more money to be able to watch games. This, this new Peacock uh, streaming service, I, I just, I, I'm throwing this out there. I'm pretty sure in, in the future, years from now, that's going to be the only way to watch these games on, well, not NBC, but the USA Network now. I just think it's it's more ways of limiting fans to the sport. I, I just don't understand why the NHL chooses it, elects to do this. Uh, you have uh, NBA where it's way easier. I, I can put on a game right now on YouTube TV or whatever uh, other streaming services that I have and watch a game. I'm not a basketball fan. Uh, I, it's just it's just kind of it's, I think it's disgusting and sad that they're kind of limiting fans. Uh, how they can watch this sport. You want to grow the game. You sit there and say hockey is for everyone. Yes, I get the slogan has nothing to do with the, the, the watching service, but make it accessible for everyone. It's not fair for these fans not to be able to have their team, especially in the situation we're at right now. A lot of people aren't working. A lot of people are at home. A lot of people need the sports just to, to kind of help with their everyday life. But not everyone's doing great in life right now. It's still in that, that area that a lot of people are struggling, and sometimes sports is that outlet to help them. They just kind of navigate throughout their their daily lives and stuff, and now they can't watch it. A lot of people are upset they can't watch the Ducks. Yeah, 
Ducks aren't playing that well. Ducks aren't going to be you know the Stanley Cup champions. They're not going to just completely blank out every team. But still, it's still good to watch your team. It's still good to watch a team that you've been watching and cheering for. And I just think it's a it's an effed up situation where these fans can't and the league's not stepping in. I I know I don't know if the Ducks have a lot of power to say into it, but try to do something for these fans. Try to get them to see it. It's not fair that you should subject yourself to to kind of just having to go to AT and T or Directv or or, or these cable providers just to be able to watch your game and then paying that that extra money to be locked in a contract. A lot of people, you know, can't afford that. And the twenty dollar, thirty dollar a month streaming service is all they can afford at the limited budget. You shouldn't fault them for that. These games need to be marketed toward everybody to gain new fans to to kind of build your fan base. If not, you're still going to be stuck in the bottom of the barrel. You're going to have freaking volleyball or badminton outdoing you on ratings because they're easily accessible to watch. Yeah, this whole thing is just frustrating. I, I mean, I I don't know. It, it's just weird. And now they're going to switch over, see what's going to happen. That's going to affect some stuff as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a tough situation. Like you said, Eddie, with everything going on right now and then network switching and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's just it's just tough. Uh, you know, I don't really have an answer other than there's other services out there you can try and use. There's those other streams that... I'm not going to promote, but you can find them online too that you know aren't don't necessarily work. Or you can go to the gym like Eddie, where they do pay for whatever cable provider and watch the games <laughs> that way. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's just in, and they have no problem putting the game on. Uh, the other day too, I didn't even really have to ask them. They're like, "Oh, you want the game on? Yeah, please, cool." So I just had, had my little. Uh, uh, well, well, it was yesterday. It was cool. I played hockey yesterday, so I had a, a small little just conditioning workout. So I was just in front of the TV the whole time for. The first two periods watching the game then uh going to my game i had dan wood in my ear i i love dan wood and steve carroll they, they, they illustrate the game so well i, I could just like when they're talking i can picture everything that's going on in the ice and i, I love the way uh, they call these games I, I i wish the ducks would kind of transition and and have them do uh, some of the i guess the play-by-play on on tv too and, and switch it up sometimes it gets kind of redundant seeing the same people doing the the game over and over again I, you you kind of can kind of predict their dialogue. I'm not trying to take away anything from them. I think they do a great job doing what they're doing. But I think some variety and having a Dan Wood and Steve Carroll uh, call some of the games on TV would would be a good treat for fans. So they're a really good job at doing that. But yeah, I wish you guys the best of luck. Be careful with the. I believe it's called the VPN. You can change your setting location. I've seen a lot of people post on Facebook that the NHL network is catching wind and they're like kicking you out indefinitely, suspending your access to it. So just be very careful. Um, I wish I can tell you other ways to watch it. I wish I was more tech savvy. Say, hey, do this. You can get past it by doing this, but I don't, unfortunately. And the only reason why I might be able to watch the games right now because my buddy lets me use his his Spectrum streaming service. Uh, if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would go into a contract to get the Ducks games. I'd probably have to just stay at the gym for the next 52 times and, and kind of go off that schedule to watch the games. But I wish everyone the best of luck, and I hopefully in the near future that something gets figured out where fans can be able to watch their their, their sport and their teams. Yeah, they got to fix this. It's ridiculous. The number of people that have hit me up just this year alone, like, what do you do? Where do you watch it? I mean, even uh, Phil Hewlett asked me, too. He's like, what's going on with this, that, and everything? And I'm just like, yeah, Phil, I know. Like, <laughs> this is just the way it is. And he's just like, what the hell? Um, wrong time, yeah. wrong time to do it right now, especially with everything going on, this pandemic thing. Like, that's the worst time to start limiting fans of, of what they watch. And 
and their sports and I, I, I hope I don't sound like, oh, well, boo-hoo, like, other people have problems, they can't watch their sports, but sports have a really big deal for a lot of people, and like I said, it's a good stress reliever, like, when you're watching the game, it's hard to sit there and think about all the stress that's happening in your life, it's hard to think about, like, everything that's going on, you're just focused on watching the game and having that few hours of just kind of re- relaxation, you can't go to the game, so I guess the next best thing is, is kind of watching them, and it's unfortunate that a lot of fans have to wait. Uh, I know a few fans that are just uh, don't get on Twitter or, or social media because they're waiting for the games to be archived so they can watch it a day or two later. But that, that's kind of no fun. It's always fun to watch the games live. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy world we live in right now, for sure, uh, with all this stuff going on. Um, you also have uh, kind of a good good news. I mean, I don't know if they're on TV, but you have the NWHL is playing in their playoff bubble and they're going to play five games in eight days and then start a single uh, elimination. So you've got that going on, but I don't even know where I could watch that, Eddie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess on Twitch you can go. I, I checked their website out on Saturday. I caught a little bit of a game. Uh, it was pretty good. It's fast. It, it just it seemed like they were skating faster than uh, I've seen the Ducks skate. It, it was kind of fun to see. I didn't have a lot of time to watch it. I'd been on a rigorous training schedule, so I'll just always out and about or, or always just too gassed. But, yeah, I'm going to start catching a few of their games. Um, they're playing on Twitch. I think you have to create an account with Twitch. It's free. You can catch the games. Uh, during the, the Isabel Cup, they're going to be showing them on NBC. I get the cup final. So you can watch it there. Uh, we'll try if uh, see our schedule to cover some of the games to help promote them on Ducks and Bucks uh, to try to give them uh, kind of more promotion and get more fans uh, watching those games too. But it's fun hockey. It's really fast. And, I just uh, I just want to see them drop the gloves too, it's just like I, I do with every hockey game. It, it's funny too, I guess the people uh, fans were saying that um, I guess on Twitch there there was no censoring or anything, so you can hear the girls uh, cuss and just kind of be hockey players and talk how hockey players are. And I think that's really a, a, a one advantage that they have too that a lot of fans. Uh, but see, I don't know. I think it's a good experience. I think one of the things apologized for their language or they're apologizing for, for the way they were talking. It was like, hell, don't apologize. They're freaking hockey players. They're talking hockey language. That's how they talk. Like, just let them, let them talk. I think. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It's a good experience to see how, how hockey players interact with each other. And yeah, I'm looking forward to catching some of their games when I can, and definitely... Hopefully we can start, um, especially for the Isabel Cup, we can uh, we can start promoting that and at least cover a game like we do with the Ducks. Yeah, something to look forward to. I mean, more hockey is always better. So we'll we'll see. And then if you have questions about that, we'll you know post stuff when those games are uh, going on as well. So going back to the uh, NHL, we had some more news, Eddie. Uh, kind of a weird situation in Arizona. You had the uh, former GM uh, being suspended. Uh, from hockey operations, um, what what do you think's going on? And maybe elaborate a little bit on this. Well, yeah, he was the GM that had that drama where he, he signed a deal with 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 Arizona, but then all of a sudden he uh, he was speaking to New Jersey and then ends up going over there. And there's some bad blood because he really signed with Arizona. That drama. Then it came out that he was a uh, you know he was testing 
prospects illegally before the combine. He was running his own testing stuff, so he got caught with that. The, the Coyotes lost their first-round pick because of that, and then now um, they they pretty much came down, dropped the hammer on him, saying he suspended from all hockey operations till December 21st, 2021 because of that illegal testing. But my thing is with this, like, like how do you really enforce that, Mike? Like, can't he just text whoever's the interim person over there in New Jersey and still have input without anyone knowing? I, I just don't see how they can really, really enforce that. But I guess it came down, and I think the Coyotes are, are the ones that are going to pay the most, and that's unfortunate because they lost that, that their draft pick from it. But I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. And I, I, I just I can't see him not having anything to do with New Jersey until December 21st. I think he'll have some kind of influence. It's just not going to be promoted or it's going to be on the down low where he just has input. But they're not taking his input, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, unless you're doing everything in person, I don't know. It, so- it sounds like given what's going on in the world right now, everything you do online is tracked now by everybody. So, uh, I mean, it's, you'd have to do something without technology, I guess. I really don't know. I mean, that, that would be the only way maybe to, to deal with uh, New Jersey or, you know, secondhand have someone else go talk to him. You know, I don't know. It's a weird situation in, um, you know, with the Coyotes and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, some better news, too. Uh, I know it's Detroit Red Wing news, but Bobby Ryan rocking his, uh, his 54 number has scored uh, four goals in the first three games with the club. That's a first in Red Wings history. It seems like he found his uh, his scoring touch, and he's having a great time over there. Um, I'm happy. It, it's really really good to see. He was struggling last season with the Senators uh, with his alcoholism and, and things from his past that he had to overcome. But th- this shows that he, he kind of battled it, and he's fighting his demons. It's an everyday battle, but I'm glad everything's working out for him. He seems like he's... He's gained that, that scoring touch, and yeah, he's not going to get back to where he was years ago, but at least he can have some success with an organization, and hopefully uh, if he wants to stay there, he can. If not, they can trade him to a contender, and he has a shot uh, of going for a cup. So I wish him nothing but the best, and it, it kind of sucks that I had to secretly cheer for the Red Wings for Bobby Ryan, but it's for Bobby Ryan, so I don't mind doing that, even though I'll probably throw up later for saying that because it's the Red Wings. Yeah, it's probably the only player I would uh, root for on the Red Wings white, uh, you know, right now. <laughs> yeah, another uh, weird situation is the Florida Panthers. Keith Yandel, I guess he was uh, during the, I guess the, before the season started, he got put with the second squad, and then they told him that he didn't really have a place with the team, and they're moving in a different direction. He has a no movement clause. That I don't know if they asked him to move it or if he's just refusing to to waive that. But he was uh, in jeopardy of being a healthy scratch for the first game of the season. And, and that was kind of bad because he has an Ironman streak. I think it was the third in the league of continuous playing. He prides himself just like Andrew Cogliano did until he was suspended. But it, it was threatened to come to an end. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately for him, he was put in the lineup. The first two games he played, he scored goals. So uh, obviously he's doing something right. But it seems like he's still on the block. And it's going to be up to him and where, he, uh, where he wants to go and if he wants to waive his no-movement clause. I think this is a player, along with the St. Louis Blues, Vincent Dunn has been put on the block. I think these two offensive defensemen players can help the Ducks going on the questions of what we can do to improve. Um, I think Murray would take a look, maybe Vincent Dunn a little bit more. 
than Keith Yandel because Keith Yandel does have that no movement clause. It's going to be kind of up to him where he wants to go. I don't know if he would want to go to a rebuilding team in Anaheim. I don't know if he's going to want to lose half of his salary because there's no state taxes in Florida. So that's going to be a tricky situation. But these are two players that can that can help the Ducks in the blue line and kind of help generate offense. So I think these are kind of the players that Murray might try to swing the, on the fence for. I'm still saying uh, McKenzie, uh, McKenzie weaker too. I think uh, Murray's still going to try to go for him. Yeah, you did mention that. We talked about Uyghur earlier in the in uh, I guess the off season or whatever. So that was a name that popped up. But Yandel and Dunn are kind of interesting because if you're going to add a little bit defensively, like we had on one of the fan questions, but then you want to get some offense out of the blue line uh, instead of just going for a forward. You know, I, I don't know the Ducks will do it. I, it's just something to look at because these two guys are probably going to end up. You know, going to another team here soon, and I don't know I, if they want to get someone else that can add some scoring, uh, because we all remember what happened with Juice, right, uh, Eddie? He got picked up off waivers, and that was a bummer because I, I was looking forward to seeing him uh, providing some offense on the blue line, and with him, you know, going bye bye. Uh, maybe the Ducks do try to get one of these similar type players. I don't know, but it, definitely keep your eye out on these two. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, knock on wood and see if oh, she's going to make another like minor league move or future consideration. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to future considerations, Trey. It just it kind of signifies the start of the season in Marie Zimmo. And, yeah, it's just going to irritate me, but, but still, I just I, I kind of want to see it so I can be kind of irritated, if that makes kind of weird sense. But, oh, well. Um, something real quick, Oscar Lindholm from the Philadelphia Flyers. He's the one that overcame cancer. He was asked uh, if he could wear a pink ribbon on his helmet, that kind of just a cancer ribbon, and they agreed. So I think that was pretty good. Uh, good for the league for doing that, to let him uh, just kind of sport that accomplishment. Cancer is a, is a deadly thing, and it sucks. F it. So I'm glad the league approved that. I wouldn't see why not. They had those stupid advertisements. That's That was last podcast. Uh, podcast is complaints. But going over to Washington, uh, first they have these new third jerseys. Uh, I think they look nice. They look really, really clean. Uh, I like the colors. I think they, they hit it out of the park with this. Um, so that's one positive that came out of New Jersey, or I'm sorry, Washington. But the negative is they caught four of their players violated some of the COVID rules. They were caught in a hotel together, uh, I guess having some beers or, or whatnot. Uh, Ovi, Kunetsov, Orloff, and Samsonov. Um, apparently, uh, Ovechkin's wife came out saying that or- Orloff and Ovi have like antibodies and they can't get it or something. I don't know. That's that's kind of weird. I haven't heard anything. But his wife start uh, went on a big rant saying she doesn't understand what's going on and why they're getting in trouble if they're if they're on the bench together, if they're hugging each other after goals, if they're in the tunnel screaming at each other, trying to get each other pumped up face to face interactions like that, but they can't be in a hotel room. I get it. I understand, and I'm in agree with that. I think it's kind of stupid. Uh, they got fined, and they got suspended for the four games. So um, it came out after, too. It's kind of weird. And this is where I don't believe it. I'm not really going to dive into it, but Samsonov apparently tested positive for COVID. Uh, I think I, I think that was more – it seemed like a more of a PR stunt just to, like, to kind of show other teams, like, oh, don't do this and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't think it's it really true. It just it, – something just rubbed me the wrong way, but that's a whole different subject I don't want to get into. But I, I get it. I think it's stupid. They can't uh, ha- be in a hotel having beers together, especially if they're on the same rink. But I guess rules are rules, and if you agree to play, uh, you have to abide by the rules, and, and you unfortunately got caught. I know there's other players that probably do it. Uh, just like uh, when I was in the Army, too, we did the same thing. We had a bunch of rules, and we just – 
we used to do dumb crap and hopefully we didn't get caught sometimes we did and you have to pay the consequences so hopefully in the future they can just be more careful not to get caught and just kind of enjoy that time i just think it's unfair though i don't know these guys are on the road they're 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 trying to get that 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 chemistry and it just doesn't happen on the ice that chemistry comes from off the ice too and i, I don't I didn't see anything they did wrong. They broke the rules, so however, they got fined. They got the, the, the those games off, so it's a lesson learned. Either uh, don't do it again or don't get caught. Yeah, this. I mean, we could do a podcast for hours on this. I, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. This stuff just frustrates the hell out of me. The inconsistency of these rules regarding COVID. That's all I'm going to say, because otherwise we'll be talking for another hour about this. I, I just... No, I, I just, I don't know, dude. I just lose my mind when this stuff comes up, Eddie. Just different rules in different states and different cities, different governor. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into all that crap, but uh, you know what? Just use common sense. Be safe. That's the best thing that I can suggest uh, from any of this. So let's wrap it up with, uh, you got a couple other things from uh, Dallas and Pittsburgh. Let's wrap it up with those uh, couple things here. Yeah, so Joe Pavelski scored his 800 career point. Yeah, boo, he's a shark. But still, I have to respect that as a player and a hockey fan first. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, Dallas had their games postponed uh, due to the, the COVID stuff. But they started off hot. They blanked the Predators. Hell yeah, 7-0. So that was really fun to see. And Too bad the fans were there to yell at the Predators saying how they suck and it's all their fault. But they started off the season hot. Um, they're without Sagan, they're without Hintz, and they're without Bishop. So Kadobin's getting the starts, and they're they're three and zero. So I guess it was a good thing that they're not in the Pacific Division in the Blues. So hopefully the Ducks can take care of the Blues after they do Arizona, and we don't have to worry about Dallas because Dallas is really hungry and they're looking really good, and they're without some of their top players too. So that's going to be a team to look out for. Uh, that's the, that's hungry for a cup. Um, do you want to say anything about the Stars, or we move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Uh, no, just the only thing about the stars that just cracks me up how they're not in our division. You know, that whole geography thing. I just don't understand what the hell. How, how do we get St. Louis, Minnesota? Like, what, what is going on with that? We talked about that before the season, I, uh, I think, I believe. The, the, the geography, I get it with Canada, again, being safe and all the stuff going back to the other situation with the capitals, but... I, I just don't get the geography. But like you said, maybe it's going to work out better for the Ducks. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but, um, okay, well, the Penguins, and uh, Jim Rutherford, their GM, uh, that brought them two cups, uh, um, just abruptly resigned. Uh, he cited personal reasons. There hasn't really been anything other than just him citing personal reasons. Um, I don't know what's going on for him to just up and do that for the season. Obviously, there's something that's that's bigger than hockey, and I wish him and his family all the best, and I hope whatever that, that he's dealing with, um, he gets it worked out, and he can, if he's ready to come back uh, in the offseason and try either with the Penguins or re-sign with another team so he can just kind of leave on his own terms. I just I wish him all the best. Uh, you did have Patrick Alvin get promoted to interim GM, so it just one, one of the weird situations, a, a weird storyline that come into this short and early season. But regardless of what it is, or something, it's obviously something big for him to step down so abruptly. So we wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, that's that's the other team I like to follow, too. And, yeah, I mean, he did a great job uh, for the team. So who knows what it is. I, I'm sure we'll find out something a little bit later. But, uh, like you said, wish him the best uh, moving forward. So uh, we'll see what happens. Keep an eye on the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. And, uh, you know, with the Ducks overall... 
uh, like we said on this show, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they do. Um, like we said, it's kind of a tale of two teams uh, with the offense struggling, but penalty kill and goalie situation being fantastic. Ducks, like we said, very much in the mix. But uh, I think the biggest thing looking at this, Eddie, is, uh, you know, just to wrap up the show, is I'm not really concerned about this team being a playoff team. Uh, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, saw them, you know, being in that playoff position and posting the screenshots of the standings and whatnot. And, and yeah, they're not playing horrible and they're not towards the bottom, which, of course, we don't want that. But, uh, you know, I, I still have a reserved approach to this season uh, with the way that they're doing right now because uh, like some of the uh, fans we had asked, you know, can the Ducks rely on Gibson to, you know, get this team to the playoffs? Uh, I would say maybe, but, you know, as far as going and some of these other teams in, in the division and, and, you know, trying to make a run with the setup that the Ducks currently have, I just don't see it. Um, and it's not to be pessimistic. I, I just rather the Ducks this season focus on the young guys, develop the young players, and and you know go from there. Because if you're just going to try to get that one guy and trade and be like, oh, we made this big trade, and and, and go for broke, I don't, I don't, I think we're going to be disappointed. I, I, like I said, go with the youth and go all in. It seems like we're kind of half-assing it. You know what I mean? And I rather. We get another higher draft pick, and we at the same time, we get a lot of these younger guys more of the experience because even if the Ducks do squeak in the playoffs, if you really think that they're going to get past uh, Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, those are the teams that everyone's saying that are going to be in the top three. If you think that they're going to get past all three, uh, I don't think so. Maybe one maybe maybe two but i don't i don't i don't know i i don't know if they can just do that it's going to be tough to see if they can get past those kind of teams and get up there uh, one for sure two would be tough you know to, to get up there and then of course uh, you know battle out in the conference finals so that that's what i'm looking for with this team moving forward um any final thoughts that you want to give eddie as we wrap up the show no, like I said, I just want them statistically to improve. I probably said that word wrong. I think I have a little lisp when I say that. But I want them to improve. I want them to build off of last season and just kind of improve. This power play, it's not improving. You guys are just going to step backwards. Like Something has to – you can't be a bottom five team on the power play this season. Something has to change. You have to at least – be a bottom six maybe just go up one and just make some improvement find out who you are find out what you want to be as a team and go from there um as far as the, the playoffs yeah it's going to be fun to see the ducks make it and there's always that chance that cinderella chance but these teams that are going to be in the playoffs that are projected they're just too heavy of teams for the ducks to get past and you can only rely on gibson so much like he can stop the first and second shots but when it that third and fourth shots you're just going to be cute in front of the net and just kind of give them a love tap and they're all in your goalie's face. It's not going to cut it. It's just not. So I don't care what, what league you're playing in. I don't care. You're playing beer league. I think some of those old guys that can barely skate, they're going to try to like bump you harder than you know, I've seen from the Ducks. Um, I just it's, it's not going to be that way. I hope the Ducks improve and just keep an eye out if the Ducks start falling. Uh, don't get into panic mode. The Ducks never had a, a, a true number one overall pick. And it seems like Owen Powers' name keeps coming up for next year's draft, a 6'6 defenseman 
that's primed to be a superstar in the league. I think that's someone that the Ducks can definitely use. It's going to be hard this season if the Ducks start trending in, the, in that direction, but we have to wait and see. But as of right now, I don't care what the standings. I don't care if two weeks from now the Ducks are you know second to the first or first place. It's just, they can't hold on to that much longer. Now, if I'm wrong, they go and win the Stanley Cup, and, and hell, that's that's freaking awesome. I, I would happy to admit. I love to admit when I'm wrong and things like that. I just I definitely can't see it. You can't win a Stanley Cup with the Ducks or have playoff success with the Ducks have uh, right now on the ice. It's just not going to work. Like I said, just if they can improve uh, on each game, if they can improve on the stats from last season, if you can get that experience under uh, our coach's belt to he- be a better coach and all these players develop and bring in those younger guys from San Diego and help them transition, develop, and have that better team, then, yeah, that, that's something I really, really want. I think number one I want, I want every fan to be able to watch the damn game whenever they, when they want, but that's kind of a reaching way too far. Yeah, and we'll still cover it. Obviously, uh, you know, we do the live game updates on Twitter and other social media as well. And um, we may or may not do watch parties later uh, this year. I mean, the stay-at-home order was lifted in California, so that that's a good thing. But uh, I'm going to do some research and look at some things logistically and whatnot and figure some stuff out. There's, you know, everything... Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm looking at. What we did before, I'm thinking the steel craft place might be the way to go because it's not an indoor uh, place, right? And you, like you said, you could sit outside. It has a huge screen. We had a great, great um, couple times we went there, and people can space out and everything. We can do it safely and everything. But again, I got to call some people and do some things and, and and you know make sure everything's done correctly. And also, at least, you know, with safety in mind, you know, like I said, it, you know, we'll be on here talking forever about all these different crazy rules in different states and cities and countries and whatever. But um, it may be something to do. And we're still doing giveaways as well. We have things that we'll be posting, um, different jerseys. I know Eddie's been giving away some stuff on social media. We'll be doing those things as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, you can check out the shirts at tpnhockey.com. You can also go for our Ducks and Pucks uh, branded stuff on onthevolley.com. Uh, yeah, check out the apparel there. Just uh, when you go there uh, in the search uh, box, just type in Ducks and Pucks and stuff will be on there. Um, and you can also go to bit.ly slash DNP gear to get that stuff as well. So look for those. Um, we appreciate all the support. We'll try to do the show every week, but it, it may be a week and a half. It's just kind of depending on our schedules and whatnot. So thanks for all the support, and let's go Ducks. <laughs>